The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. May God's word only be spoken. May God's word only be heard. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> At the school I attended in Montgomery, Alabama, the girls' PE teacher and the boys' PE teacher had different curricula for girls and boys. And so for the fifth and sixth graders, one year, the girls' PE teacher decided that there was a requirement for the fifth and sixth grade girls to work together as a team in groups of five or six, to pick a song, choreograph a dance, and then perform it in front of the entire PE class, which was terrible for me. There was a song at the time called Yes by an artist named Mary Clayton, who is probably not well known, um, except that she did backup vocals for a couple of really famous Rolling Stones songs. But this song, Yes, was on the cassette tape soundtrack to Dirty Dancing. So we had the soundtrack to Dirty Dancing and listened to that in the car all the time. So I'm not sure Yes got a whole lot of radio play, but it got a lot of play in our car and in the cars of kids around my age. And so my assigned dancing group uh, chose this song, Yes. And we began to put moves to this really catchy, upbeat tune. So we were so pleased with our progress. I mean, relatively, I was pleased. It was going all right. And then we got word from our PE teacher that one of the parents was disturbed by the lyrics of this song. If you remember the premise of Dirty Dancing, it's about young adults gathering in the mountains away and dancing illicitly in some ways. Um, 
And so this song went along with that, about what you do sometimes when you dance late into the night. And we as fifth and sixth graders didn't get those suggestive situational discomforts. We just liked the tune of the song. And we had choreographed like half of it. And then our gym teacher said, I will not hear your appeals. Your yes is now a no. The voice of adults won out. But sometimes there is a power in yes. And today we hear that yes from John the Baptist. So John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, had been up and down the River Jordan. He was drawing a lot of crowds. People were coming and flocking to him. We've heard those readings, right, through Advent. He was calling people in a way that may have reminded them of the words of the prophet Ezekiel, repent and turn from your transgressions. Some of those transgressions were alluded to in that song called Yes. John uses water to cleanse people ritually of their sins so that they may have new hearts for God. And in Isaiah, we have this language about water being poured on that dry desert and new life springs forth. So it is when John is washing people in the Jordan, new life is springing forth. They are saying yes to the kingdom of heaven, turning away from the conditions and choices that pull them away from God. So John is in this rhythm, right? He's in the River Jordan, people are coming, he's baptizing them. He knows he's refreshing people. He's bringing them this outward, visible sign of an inward amendment of life, because sometimes we need that tangible experience to say, I'm changing. And in doing so, he has this allure, this power, while also being fully aware that he is a servant of and for God. Remember, he issues that warning to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and others flocking for, to him for baptism. One who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. So we have that balance of, of power, God's power, and yet deep humility. And then in today's gospel reading, we hear about Jesus traveling to see John. And Jesus discloses to John that he is here to be baptized by John. And John rebuffs him, saying that exactly the opposite needs to happen. See, John knows about this holy clout that Jesus exudes, and he is keenly aware of the power differential between them. And so what happens next? Well, we don't know what happened in that period between John's rebuff and Jesus' response. But I'm wondering, did Jesus stand there in silence and just accept John's resistance for a moment? Maybe Jesus prayed for John to feel open, to feel God's love and grace. Maybe he was giving John a little bit of space just to settle his his fears, his concerns, or maybe Jesus chuckled at John's hardline approach and reached out his hand to touch him on the shoulder 
as a brother, as a cousin. We don't know what that choreography looked like, but Jesus says something to this effect to John. Permit it to happen now. It is fitting for us to live into God's promise in this way. Permit it to happen now. Jesus' words are that reminder to John of that promise, of Yahweh's promise, that grace. And John cannot argue anymore. His no turns to a yes. He permits it. You see, baptism is a conversion event. But it's also the beginning of a conversation. Baptism is the beginning of a conversation deeper conversation and commitment to God. And we see that in this exchange between John and Jesus, don't we? Grace and love, peace and provision are gifts extended to us by God. And John the baptizer's example demonstrates the agency given to us by God. You see, we are invited to say yes to consent to participating in this covenant with God. And though we have authority, though we have voice, we are also called to be God's servants, devoted in love and humility. So baptism is this conversion, it's this conversation, and it's also this opening to epiphany like the heavens opening to Jesus as he emerges from the water after baptism. Epiphany is God breaking in, making manifest what we least expect, empowering us to share good news with the poor, sight to the blind, to minister to those who are incarcerated. And maybe the hardest of these to realize that God's favor is for all, especially those whom society rejects or who we see are undeserving of justice or unworthy of God's love. You see, this road living into our baptismal covenant is not for the passerby, not for the passive person. And that's why when we have a baptism like we do today, We ask questions of the candidate or those speaking on the candidate's behalf, their parents and godparents. And it's called the examination, and rightly so. We then all renew our baptismal covenant. We get to keep saying yes long after the sanctified water has dried from our hair and the chrism, that blessed oil, has soaked into our foreheads or been washed away. You see, we retell our commitment to remind us of our covenant. And in restating our beliefs, we practice boldly confessing Jesus as our Savior, as the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. So as we stand in a few moments to reaffirm our own commitments to baptism after we baptize this new young person, I challenge each of us to listen closely 
to how God is moving each of us to continue the conversation of our faith. Because we get to choose, yes, living into our baptismal covenant. Maybe you want to deepen your knowledge of the apostles' teachings through a Bible study or Christian formation offering. Maybe it's to serve Christ in all persons by signing up at the outreach fair in a couple of weeks. Maybe it's that you want to seek peace in your own life or in the world around you. Friends, let us listen closely for that still, small voice as we affirm our conversion and continue this holy conversation. Amen.